2: My name is Daniel, and I've got one question for you here tonight. Who wants to walk with the podcast? Welcome to Love Podomania episode, I don't know nine or something, maybe this week, talking about Survivor series. My name is, as I just told you, Dan Murphy, and joining me today is, as I've heard, Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, how are you?
0: Uh, good afternoon, Dan. I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, I-, I definitely want to walk with Elias, 100%. Mm,
2: he's a good lad. He's a good. And also joining us today, his first appearance on any sort of Line of Vienna podcasts or product of any kind is Mr. Stu
1: Davis. Stu, how are you? Oh, yeah, not too bad, thank you. I certainly don't want to walk with Elias, unless what? I'm wrapping a guitar around his head. Oh, that's, what? that's...
0: Nah, nah, yeah, it's not it's not been nice right. knowing
1: you, Stu, but...
0: We should have established this before we invited him on, Dan. Mm-hmm.
2: Your short stint on this podcast is swiftly come to an end. But boys... <laughs> But Survivor Series weekend. What do we think of because obviously we had NXT takeover world games on the Friday? Chris has only seen a bit of that, so we're not we'll keep it short and sweet. But as the weekend as a whole, Survivor Series, Chris, what do we think?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen about an hour of, of NXT. I'll watch the rest tonight, which I appreciate is, is no good for the show whatsoever. But overall I thought it was superb, even even I thought Raw and SmackDown afterwards as well. That whole thing of it the big four coming over the whole weekend from the one venue. I just think it works, um, and this was definitely my, my top three pay-per-views of the year. Um, NXT, what I've seen so far, was decent as well. We'll go through that in a little bit more depth shortly, but overall, definitely a, definitely a B-plus, Dan. No problem there whatsoever. I think there's only, going into it, there's only the one match that I really wasn't that bothered about, and even that that was The Miz, but even even so, I still like watching him, so it the wasn't was a speaker. single match. Yeah, same, and I mean that with respect to The Miz, because I, I do really like him. I meant in the, in terms of it only being the only match that didn't really blow me away in advance. Um, okay, I was, I was deep, highly, highly looking forward to every single one and uh, I don't think there were any duds really at all.
2: And Stu, what did you think?
0: I agree. I think it was a strong weekend. I enjoyed War Games.
1: a lot, It was a good pay-per-view. Um, I think, yeah, Survivor Series blew me away as well, to be fair. I thought it's got to be top three for me as well for the year so far. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the build-up going into it was really exciting as well for once which is yeah yeah it was good
2: yeah i again i think takeover has always delivered this one little like the undercard wasn't as good as especially let's say chicago in january or the one Mm. after that for mania weekend as well but the main event is probably one of the best matches wwe has put on uh, especially with weapons it's easily the best match they've done for weapons since i've been watching by an absolute yeah i
0: agree and um you Do not think it's reflective of NXT in general, though? Because they've, they've diluted it quite a lot, haven't they, over the last 18 months? It's uh, always running the risk of it being diluted to the point where any, anything they put on will, will could potentially one day be a bit thin, just because um, uh, you know you, all, the, all the talent that you've established as well. Sometimes it, I it f- takes time, doesn't it, to build up new ones?
2: Don't get me wrong, I think NXT has been fucking brilliant since Mania. Yeah. They've changed it up a bit, they've got new people in, it's going to change again after all the women call up, so all the people from the NYC are going to get involved now, so it's going to be really fresh, really exciting, I think. Mm-hmm. I just think, if they had a swapped the uh, last Sullivan and Ono match, which is fine, for what it was, but if they had swapped that with Don versus Gargano, which was brilliant on the kind of dark yeah. match, I think it would have been, I think it would have been elevated the show a lot, because Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black, fucking really good, absolutely class Velveteen Dream. Both of them are going to be stars, hopefully. I don't know if, well, Patrick Clark will be a star, I don't know if Velveteen Dream will. But it's an arc, yeah. really good match some great storytelling and kind of a very satisfying end because it's kind of what we all predicted and what we all predicted came true, which is very nice. I say that drew and Andrade was brilliant. I really didn't see Andrade picking up the title at all they used to
1: yeah i I was quite happy to see that to be fair mm-hmm. um I didn't see it coming at all. I really like um drew, but I don't know I just I think he's already established as a main card. Like, draw if yeah. they didn't bring him back in after this injury, I don't think it'd be any big loss to be honest. I think it'd be good to see him pushed up.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's um, he um, I he's got name power already, he's kind of improved. He looks the pie, looks fucking hard. So when he came out with just that kind of simple black kilt with the belt over, he looked badass mm. as fuck. Really, like, if um, Roman is doing the Intercontinental Championship, kind of, um, because obviously he won the title on the Raw. If he is doing like an open challenge and if they're actually going you know, to stick to that properly, when you know, providing Drew's injury isn't too bad and he's out for ages, a good way to put him into the main roster would be to debut and then that have a really good match with Roman and get him over straight away. And yeah, I possi- think that's a good idea. And the possibilities with that are endless the amount of matches Roman could have with some good people and elevate them. Um, did you what matches did you see from Takeover, Chris?
0: I and and I bear bear in mind I I was on the beer probably about five o'clock yesterday, so my memory's a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. Um, I fi- I finished. I was just about the start of the um of the Andrew and, and Drew match.
2: So what did you think of? So, the uh, yeah, and dream then?
0: yeah, yeah, I I've never seen him before. Cause I don't I don't generally watch NXT. I watch the takeovers, uh, and I don't think I watched the previous one. but I've never seen him before. Um, obviously Tommy End, yeah, everyone knows about him. He is he's superb, yeah. but I thought that was uh, um. I, was, I thought Dream was was really really different. Um, I, I agree with you, and, and I wonder what mileage there is in this day and age with a character like that, all, all, you know, all things sort of gold-dusty aside. Um, yeah. But his physicality in the match was brutal, and, and yeah, a nice little tight ending. I thought, even though I came into it quite cold, uh, I, you know, it was quite quick, easy to pick up on what had been going on, the, the, the overriding story arc. And even I was satisfied with the ending, having gone into it with no investment in the overall story whatsoever. Um, yeah, it, really, really impressive from, from both men. I, I especially think you're right with... Uh, is Clark, is that, that's the dream fella, isn't it? He, uh, he's got a big future ahead if he carries on like that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%, yeah. It was a Alistair Black's class, as always. And then, obviously, you're not seeing the main event, but the main event, Stu, the War Games match, it was... That was perfect. Everything. Just like, about perfect, him, I reckon. Who did you think was the standout? In I think, for me, it had to be Killian Dane. I thought his mannerisms, eating the key, getting the tables, coast-to-coast, telling Adam Cole yeah. to watch the coast-to-coast. Fucking... Power bombs all over the show, an absolute fucking
1: unit. And again, authors yeah. of pain really impressed, as they always do. I was quite impressed with Roderick Strong as well. Mm. Uh, I thought he embraced the authors of pain um, side of things better than I thought he would actually. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really strong. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I don't really think there was a weak link in the match at all. No, not me I think Kyle O'Reilly
2: fucking put his head on the line on a number of occasions. Wolf yeah. getting busted open by that table was class. I mean. Obviously, not that he got injured, but kind of doing the spot. In fact, Wolf running in and having that truncheon was everything. There's so much in that match to kind of delve into, and Chris, you're you're in for a treat, shall we say?
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, lads. Looking forward to it. -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So it's a good takeover, not the best of recent memory, but still very enjoyable and probably the best main event, and definitely like the best gimmick match WWE's had in quite a while. And we go to Survivor Series itself. And you gave your thoughts. You were all happy. I was very happy. I was ecstatic. Come the end of AJ Brock, but I do think the main event let the whole thing down a bit. But we'll get to that in due
0: course. So much to say.
2: Too right. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll skip the nondescript pre-show because who cares? It's horrendous. I didn't
0: even. I didn't even watch the pre-show. I did see that Melzer gave uh, poor Matt Hardy not stars out of five <laughs> or six. Whatever he does these days.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit
1: it, sad. It was forgettable. The entire pre-show was just terrible. Mm-hmm. It's a
2: shame because I think Owens and Zayn could have been quite funny, especially with a SmackDown match. But um, I'm yeah. sorry, Owens Zane versus Bisango. But kind of it was in a dead crowd when nobody was ready, so it kind of didn't really matter. But thankfully, the crowd were in and ready for the first match as the Shield defeated the New Day. And Chris, mm. I thought this was a great way to start. Fast pace, some great moves, and everyone
0: looked brilliant here. Definitely, it's one of those matches where I worry about what's to come afterwards because it was—it was so good. Both teams—they're uh, just completely on top of the game. You know, everything they're doing at the minute is absolutely bob on. Uh, and I was worried it would—it it would—it would—it wouldn't all go well for the rest of the rest of the show. You know, set too high a bar mm-hmm. in order for for things to follow thereafter. But no, really, really good. Um, I, I I completely can see Stuart and I talk about it at work from time to time about about Roman and what he's what he's doing and what he's achieved and the credit he gets and things like that and. I'm starting to come around to it as well, so he, that just goes to show even uh, even sceptics like me can be can be won around. Dean, he remains the same. I still think he's terrible. I've never seen a good Dean Ambrose match ever. Um, oh, I think Roy- he's
2: been good recently. Uh, yeah. I really no, he's not in those shitty jeans and the fucking shitty vest. He's yeah, got a bit of a looking like
0: yeah, looking like he's come from the bloody trailer park.
2: Yeah, um, but bad. I'm starting
0: to get. I'm starting to get a bit bothered about Rollins because you know it, it, it seems like a million years ago now that he was he was champion he was the top guy. Um, he's just another guy now, isn't he? He's Is not standing out either. It's his
2: finisher. They they don't even have a name for it yet. And I know it kind yeah. of sets up Ambrose, but whenever he does it, Cole just goes the like, oh, We'll talk about <laughs> knee.
0: talk about shit talk about shit finishes when we get to Finn Balor. But in terms of uh, sure. in terms of Rollins, I, I, you know I don't think he's going anywhere. Is he much, any anywhere fast at this minute in time? Um, no. So he's the only one, I think, out of the six, Rollins, that, that, was, that was slightly underwhelming. But in a, in a multi-man tag like that, I think you often, get, uh, you often get people just there just to move the story on from point to point. Uh, but in closing, New Day again, just absolute top of the game. Argument, argument to be made for, uh, for one of the best in the last 25 years, most definitely. Best team. What do you yeah. think,
1: Stuart? No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm a bit worried about Rollins within the Shield. I think it's the one drawback with the Shield is that they built Rollins up to be a fantastic main eventer and really believable as, as champion. And now, like you say, he's fallen into just he's just another fella. Like All the build was for nothing. Mm-hmm. And while I, I don't think it's a bad thing that Reigns is sort of, they're pulling him back from that big push, I, I think it'll probably help him in the long run. I think it's going to be a little bit detrimental to Rollins. But I thought the match, overall, I, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like you say, it was a bit of a worry. It was such a good match to be first on. Um, and I think it's a tough one for anyone to follow because I thought both teams were fantastic and the false finishes were brilliant. Mm. I thought it was really, really strong.
2: Yeah, it was, it was good. I think within the Rollins argument, like Reigns, they're pulling Reigns back now, but he's going to drop the title to someone um, around fucking February and then he's going to be pushed straight back to the top to face yeah. Rocket Mania. So we all know this is going to go. I think it's happened last three years. So And it's with Rollins... It's a bit harsh, because, you know, he was, he can't really blame Dewey too much, because, you know, his injury did hit at the mm. worst time possible, and they kind of had to rebuild him. As, like, they fucked it a bit, bringing him back heel, and not just making him face straight away, but I think when the Shield break up again, and either Dean or Roman go heel, probably going to be Dean, which would be good. I'd like to see him finally get to be his obviously better self. Maybe, yeah. you know, a proper Dean and Rollins feud again could kind of oh. ignite Rollins a little bit, but Here's hoping. We can all see it at the time. I'm glad both teams are together. I'm glad both teams are putting on class matches. Mm. And I really want Kofi to get like a big main title push with like Woods and Big E backing him. And then we can have a nice little team celebration because it's been mm. around for years, man. It's been around for like ten years and as they say, he deserves it. But next up, you know, we're worried about what could follow that and what did follow was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown in the women's match and this was Actually, I thought pr- uh, pretty good. It was annoying that Bailey and Becky both got absolutely battered again the end, while like Natalia mm. and whatnot stayed for a bit longer, Leash Fox for that matter. But thought it was a pretty fun match. Um, I'm glad they used it to build up pasca who really needed that after kind of a bit mm. of a damp squib of a start. And actually, yeah. I thought the kind of confrontation, hustle, bustle with Nia Jackson Tamina was actually pretty good. And I think it shows that. Nayad needs more big opponents to face because the crowd were quite hot for it as well. So I feel like yeah. you know they've got Jazzy Gaber who was in the uh, Mae Young Classic. She's like mm. exactly what they want Nia Jax to be. That could, If they do something with her and sign her up, that could be fucking incredible down the line, especially on mean as well. But I thought, yeah, as it goes, I, this was a lot better than I was
1: fearing it could be, Stu. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I thought Asker looked almost unstoppable by the end of this match mm-hmm. um, and it built her really well and like you say she's in there against quite strong competitors and I think she definitely came out firmly on top which is where I think most people want to see her um, her character's fantastic um, Naya Jackson Tamina I think there's more of a story to be told there actually and um, like you say the crowd were quite hot for it so it'd be good to see where that goes mm-hmm. just a shame they're different of, bands. I, I agree with Becky and Bailey. I I think it's a bit of a shame the way that it went off with them. Um, I don't, a lot of this match for me was kind of, um, well, was forgettable. In in all honesty, I enjoyed it as a as a spectacle, but I don't know. The only one I really had, like, was looking at was Asuka. To be honest, I wasn't really bothered about the rest of
2: them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I said, Chris. At least ask, like, the match was fine.
2: At least Asuka kind of got, I think maybe two or three eliminations. They built her up finally, and hopefully now she can go on to be this kind of juggernaut we all want.
0: Yeah, I think that. I mean, that was clearly the whole point of the whole setup, wasn't it? It was it was ten ten people in the ring to see the advancement of one, Um, and she was the only one that stood out, and probably for that for good reason. Though, from you know, you've just mentioned it already, the Nia Jacks bit for me was the bit that took away being the most interesting because you know I've seen I've seen a million Asuka matches now. I've never really seen Nia Jax have someone really offer a realistic challenge. Obviously, she's been beaten before, and it's never really rang that true to me. Um, but now there's, a, there's someone that's a, not quite a physical match, but as near as you're going to get. Uh, I, that was the one that I went away thinking, oh, "I'd like to, I'd like to see more of that." Now, so that that's, that was my takeaway from it. in that everyone, everyone was good. Nobody was terrible. Again, as I said at the start, there's no duds whatsoever. Um, there were just one one or two bits that made it slightly more memorable. Um, the, the the you know, the Bailey for Cup for example with the pin, the you know, yeah, the, the Ask a hot the Asker Hot tag and so on like that, they're the they're the things that stand out. Um but it was definitely definitely a serviceable um, Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And next up, as you alluded to earlier, Chris was, uh Baron Corbin versus Amazing Corbin went over. I thought surprisingly decent match. I liked how um uh, kind of Corbin doing his run out the ring thing, kinda of battered Curtis Axel at one point. I think his shit talking to Maurice was really funny. Miz kind of being kind of hot up because of that was great as well. And Corbin, like, he might, I think he's decent in the ring, but his finishers—he's got like the best. I think I said before he's definitely got like the best, um, like finisher, like you know his deep six, his end of days, and stuff like that. He's got like the best kind of signature move arsenal out of anyone I think. His finisher looks so sick, especially Miz does it because Miz goes so far kind of forwards and then smashes down. It looks so good. And Baron's mm. new music is actually really good as well. Probably one of the best songs in the, uh, in the company at the minute. So what do you think to all this, Chris? You're impressed?
0: Yeah, very much. Yeah. I mean, I, I said at the start, it was the only one that I came into with not low expectations, but one I wasn't particularly asked about because everyone else, every other ma- match on the card, was, was I'm so, was so excited for. But I totally agree with you about Corbyn. Everything you said, I, I was going to say myself. Uh, his finishes are cool as shit. And yeah. uh, that, that sort of characterization, the, the, the talking shit to the crowd, everything like that, that, that just screams old school old school heel to me. You know, that's what they always used to do. They used to be telling the crowd to shut up, you don't know anything, blah, blah, blah. And, and that sort of thing really, really gets to me because it reminds me of the early days when I used to watch it back when I was a kid. Um, I'm always interested as well to see the sort of the weird dichotomy when you've got two heels going against each other. I know Miz is a is a you know not not a true heel in the fact that he's over as fuck, but Corbin as well. He's he's bringing himself up to that level I think now where he's one of the more recognizable faces. Everyone knows him. Most people hate him, but there's a sort of grudging respect respect there as well. Mm. And his matches are getting better too. And this was another one I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, his interactions with Miz Traz and with Marie something you were really good. Um, I didn't know about the Miz going off to do this movie, so yeah. finding that out afterwards obviously answers a lot of questions. Um, but I wasn't surprised to see to see Corbin take the take the victory. I thought uh, you could you could tell that story quite well, and it'll, it'll hopefully give him a bit of a boost on SmackDown. It's
2: a bit of a shame that Miz is going away because I think it's going to kind of mm. fuck up both Dallas and Curtis Axel, who've been finally been given something to do with the Miz. Done really well in the role, I think, especially Curtis Axel. I think he plays kind of the hopeless jobber really funnily and it's kind of a shame for them so I wonder what they'll end up doing now they're misless for you know six weeks or so or long it takes to film Marine 6 but
1: what did you think to this uh, I thought yeah again it was one of the matches I wasn't really fussed about going into it but Baron Corbin I, I have been getting more and more impressed with um, and as much as I love him as a heel a couple of years back I got to see him um, on one of the shows at Download Festival, oh, yeah. and he appeared and worked face. Right. And he was actually fantastic in that role as well. Um, I think character-wise, he's probably one of the stronger that they've got at the moment, because I, I like the trash talk, same as with Kevin Owens. I love it when he's shouting at the crowd, shouting at the other um, wrestlers. And Yeah, the Miz, it is a shame that he's going to be going off. Um, I think Bo Dallas has probably got more out of the Mizdourage thing than... Um, than Axel has. Because I think Axel could actually be used in his own right. I think a lot mm-hmm. of, I think people will probably respect his in-work a bit more than they probably do Bo Dallas. I know I enjoy watching him more than Dallas. Um, I don't know. It's It was a good match. Um, I think it kind of suffers being in the middle of it all because either side of it were two half-decent matches. And, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was a good match, but again... Not one that sticks in the mind very much. It was good, some good spots, but... Yeah. yeah, and I agree fully on um, Baron Corbin and the finishers. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Very, yeah, very cool. He looks like such a... He does look good. I think... I'm glad
2: that he kind of got the money in the bank kind of taken away, because I think he does suit mm-hmm. the US Championship pretty well yeah. for this point, and we can see further down the line if he gets pushed further up. I'd like to see a match with him and Brad Strauman, you know? Really. Like, they should have had a... It's for Survivor Series, they should have had like a monster of each brand uh, mm-hmm. face-off, but we'll get to the big lad later on. Next up was, mm-hmm. up to this point, the match of the night, and probably the second best match of the night. As the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos defeated the Raw Tag Team Champions, the bar, and this, like the Usos, once again, just get better and better, and even the promo entrance, the, again, the music... The tag finisher for the um, the flying tag for the finish. This was again like class all round you?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I think this was probably my match of the night actually. Okay. Um, I'm really enjoying the work that the usos are doing at the minute, and I think they're fantastic tag team champions. And yeah, that that finish to the match when he goes flying out the ring, wipes out the other one. I uh, wipes out. Sorry, I think it was Cesaro who wiped out. That's right. The but yeah, no, I thought that was fantastic. Um, definitely match of the night for me, um, and I'm glad it was given the time it was because um, I think they can be guilty sometimes that they kind of cut down the amount of time that these matches get. I thought 15, 16 minutes was probably about right for it. To be fair,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so it's, it good.
2: yeah, they got plenty of time. They, you know, they always look good. I think the, I'm intrigued to see what they do with the usual now because they're obviously still building the feud with kind of. Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, which is fine. I presume that's going to lead to Shelton heel turn and getting his proper music back and actually returning properly so just being, you know, a J- Jason Jordan fucking standing. We can yeah. hope but hope. And then I'm intrigued to see what they do after that. Maybe Bludgeon Brothers or something, who need a better finisher. Um, maybe <laughs> Zango, something. I'm intrigued to see where they go. Maybe even a debut in Office of Pain. That could be very good. Oh, um, that would be good. So, who... Is to know,
0: but Chris, what do you think, to all this? Yeah, I think the Usos have had the best, easily the best six months of their entire career. I mm-hmm. think haven't they? Maybe even slightly I longer. I think it might be a year that. by this um, point. You know, it's been
2: a yeah, long it while. Probably,
0: yeah, probably is, probably is, and they've gone from being complete and uh, you know, v- vanilla fluff to being probably one of the, the two or three matches that I look forward to over the, the Raw and SmackDown every single week. And um, they're so solid. Um, even the singles match they had on uh, with Shelton this week, I yeah. thought was excellent. Um, so yeah, anything they're doing at this minute is absolute solid gold. And I'll be honest with you, since when I went to Raw and Seamus and Cesaro came out in those Liverpool yeah. shirts, uh absolutely just I've just completely fallen for them, those two. You know, the the two strong fellas. I'm loving anytime Cesaro opens his mouth at the minute, I'm cracking up the poor guy. Mm. Um, but they're in 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 ring stuff, he's just absolutely rock solid. Yeah. They're absolute top echelon, both of these teams, and they put on a match that I, that I was hoping it would be. No problems with the length myself. I was quite happy with it. I mean, it was a goddamn long show at four hours. Yeah. Um, but o- overall, I thought it, was, it felt really right, and I'd love to see these two go out again at some point, if possible. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I kind of want the bar to... I think they're really good, but I want them to move away from the Raw main event at the minute, like being involved with the Shield and stuff. Because it kind of, all the, all the tag team titles and in the intercontinental type have all been kind of, because with Brock's absence, I mean, it's good that it's the top of the show because it makes it feel important and stuff, but I feel like tag team titles haven't been their own thing for a while. It's just been between The Shield and The Bar. So I'm kind of hoping that Cesaro and Sheamus, especially with now gone as well, kind of move themselves away from The Shield and we get The Bar versus, I don't know, I can't think who the tag teams are. and Rob, well, club uh, for you, But even
0: at... You could even have your Axel and, and Dallas staying together as a tag team, couldn't Maybe, you? And maintaining yeah. that maintaining that Raj, um persona, mm-hmm. and just that that can be diversionary for a couple of months, couldn't uh, it?
2: Yeah, I think shakes so, I think we are going to get the Shield versus them at some point again, because I think they're probably going to want to put all the titles on the Shield again. But and and there isn't many more people, but I kind of do want them just to move away from that feud a bit now, because I want. I want everyone to get a bit of something new, a bit of something different in our lives, change it up. But yeah, it was a this was a really good match, and I'm sure to see what both teams do in the future. Next up, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship match: Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. And I thought this was Alexa's best match in a while. Actually, it wasn't kind of a barnstorm or anything like that, but it was it was good. It was enjoyable. I'm just surprised, Chris, that. I, Camilla didn't cash in her Money in the bank. She's been hugging onto that for quite a while now, and I kind of foresaw a bit of a swerve with her coming out. Everyone thinking Charlotte's going to get battered, and then it's actually Alexa that gets, that gets kind of swiped. Mm. She nicks the belt, and then my think at the time was that Paige would end up going to SmackDown, but that's not how it happened in the slightest.
0: No, I don't have a problem with long-term Money in the Bank, you know, stories over and overarching. That- Overarching storyline because I think it it does build it up and it makes that surprise more surprising when the time comes that they finally do cash in. So that 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 didn't have a massive, great, big um, issue for me going into this match. Uh, but I thought it was really good. I think Alex has been quite poor in the ring lately. I, or maybe that's been a bit harsh, but maybe underwhelming in the in the ring as of late. I've never really uh, never really been that impressed. And so going into this one, I was a little bit like, eh, you know, it was quite obvious what was going to happen at the end. At least I, I thought it was. Um, so I was pleased. pleased It, went, it ended up in that um, with the victor being who it was, and I love the Ric Flair bit too. I'm an absolute sucker for Ric oh, Flair. Yeah. Uh, that was lovely. Yeah, and but, she
2: definitely didn't know it was happening as well. She was well surprised. I guess in yeah. he told him he told her that he couldn't make it or something, and then sneaked in. I think oh, that was that was. I hope the
0: so. Yeah, I'd love that to be the case. Um, so overall, I thought this this was probably you know if you want to rank the matches in order, this might be you know two thirds of the way down for perhaps, but. In terms of what the each individual person did, I thought it was really good because Alexa has, um, yeah, she she redeemed herself a little bit in my eyes.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Stu? I, I agree. I thought um, for Alexa, it's one of the stronger performances I've seen. Um, some of the reversals were brilliant um, when Alexa went for the Tornado DDT and it was reversed into the T-Bone. I thought that was fantastic. And um, I'm really enjoying watching Charlotte as well. I think she probably brings the best out of most of the people she's in the ring with. And I think in this case, she definitely did with Alexa. Um, I I think the best thing I've seen Alexa do, though, was in the um, previous SmackDown, the punch to Charlotte was fantastic. Mm. Mm. Um,
0: That slap, wasn't it?
1: Really, really good. Um, Nice crack from it, that's for sure. Um, But no, I I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad Charlotte won it, um, because I think she's uh, by far the stronger of the two. Um, But that was the one good part of the pre-show, I thought, was the... Uh, they had this little um, point where they were sort of... It was like a FaceTime, really, between Charlotte and Alexa. Alexa was on the panel, Charlotte was on a video. And I thought um, that was probably the highlight of the pre-show, was the banter between the two of them. And um, Charlotte just sort of made Alexa look like a spoiled child, which was kind of fun, because um, I think she plays that character pretty yeah. well, actually. Awesome. Honestly, I, I did see that came up
2: on, like, a Twitter video. Because it was good, and yeah, yeah, it was nice. I like it when they kind of mix things up and use, you know, like trying to experiment with kind of media and different ways to kind of tell stories and mix it up. NXT, as it always is, is really good at doing that sort of stuff, experimenting. But while we're on the women's division, shall we talk about the call-ups? What happened on Raw and the return, for that matter? Mm-hmm, Paige yeah. came back, and Monday she's finally got rid of Del Rio, and thus. Uh, now, injury free after some like a lengthy injury due to a neck, I believe, like over a year. It's been she came back to a massive pop, got the crowd going, and then Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville came out to be her henchmen, beat the shit out of whoever was in the match Charlotte, Naomi, and whatnot. And then the battered not Charlotte, sorry, or Naomi because that's a completely different brand, <laughs> but everyone else who's on Raw, Sasha, Bailey, and then what. And then she, did it be all be up Alexa later on in the evening, which was fun. Nice to see you back, Chris.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I recognised obviously Paige when she came out, but I focused more on the ones that came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. I only recognised the blonde, the blonde one, because of my unhealthy obsession with Total Divas. So that was clever.
2: Uh, Mandy Rose <laughs> is like specifically not on tele, NXT Telly at all because they were kind of earmarking her to go straight up. She came out, she had one, I think yeah. literally she had one performance on TV mm-hmm. literally a year ago when they debuted Nikki Cross before she was in Sanity. Mandy Rose, I think it might have been Sonia Deville as well or someone else who like, had debuted three women at the same time to yeah. like introduce them, this is the new era or whatever. In fact, they were only a match with Alexa Bliss. That was like, Alexa Bliss's last NXT match. And then... <clears throat> Like, Mandy Rose has been off NXT completely. She's been just doing the house show right. circuit and really been really impressive, mm-hmm. apparently. So I'm intrigued to see what That's she sure. does. She's yeah, buff. As, like, she's really, like, an absolute... Like, obviously, Vinny's going to like her for some specific uh, aesthetic <laughs> reasons. But um, apparently she's, like... A, you know, she can... I've seen her deadlift, like, 250 pounds or something like that, so she's no kind of slouch. Right. And Sonia Deville's been it-
0: Sorry? No, go on, carry
2: on. Sonya Deville has been on telly a bit more. In fact, she was on the NXT um, and the weekly show this week, filmed <laughs> before the takeover. And I'm, I'm a bit surprised she's got a call-up. She's, she's never impressed that much, really. She's got a good gimmick and a good look, and she isn't bad, but she's nothing special, and especially when they're going to be building towards actual UFC fighters coming into WWE at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they've brought her up at this point. Apart from that, it was exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I always, always look Could for some, uh, some new people coming in.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Stu? Could not agree more. Um, I love watching Paige wrestle, so I'm buzzing that she's back. I've been on a high for this for oh, weeks now, um, when it sort of looked like it was going to happen. I'm a bit surprised that she wasn't brought in as one of the uh, like last member for the team for Survivor mm-hmm. Series. At least Fox
2: gets bad backstage, idea. and then she returns.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that would have been good, but um, I, I'm a bit concerned that they've done the same thing on both brands. I was just going to say um, because on SmackDown we had Ruby Riot,
2: the goth, mm. um, r- grungy girl, Isla Page. Yeah. We have Liv Morgan, the stereotypically hot blonde one, and then we have, in this case, Sarah Logan, who's dark haired and a bit more rugged. And my, yeah. like, my issue is in NXT, all three of these have been nothing but faces for their entire run. And yeah. Liv Morgan's been in X D for years and hardly done anything. And Sarah Logan, kind of similar to Mandy Rose, has come in, not been on TV that much, kind of earmarked to go straight up. Ruby Wright's really good. I'm glad she's got a call. Yeah. Up. But it does feel a lot like the old meme of, don't copy, you know, if you're going to copy my homework, don't make it too obvious, because it is the exact yeah. same setup. And I wonder if it was just kind of copy and paste quickly to get these women all on the roster at the same time and they're going to be split up and they're not going to be mm-hmm. that kind of a faction, which is. Right, which I kind of thinking, pages is going to be. I hope that maybe these three will just kind of go their own ways. Or mm. it's because Paige and maybe even Daniel Bryan, who was a bit coy of not having a comment about what had happened. Maybe it is kind of deliberately set up as both, you know, actually Paige is leading both kind of teams, if you get me, but she's only on one brand, something like that. Mm. And if if not, if it's just the same, it is a bit fucking dull,
1: really, isn't it? It, it is a bit. And... I think it might be saved if on Raw they have Paige as the sort of standout for those three, which she's going to be anyway. I I thought it was interesting, actually, they gave her the mic to let her run her mouth a little bit first um, rather than the three of them just walking around together. I thought that was good. Um, I think it's going to be they need to have just Mandy and Sonya behind Paige backing her up. Mm -hmm. And I think the other three, if they keep them as a faction of three, probably wouldn't be such a bad thing. Okay. but I, I agree. Uh, Mandy Rose's call up came out of nowhere for me because I, I watch a bit of NXT and like you say, she's been nowhere to be seen. It's total divas that I've seen her on as well, to be fair. Um, yeah, I I was surprised by um, Sonia's call up. I thought it was a bit of a weird one. There was better options as far as I'm concerned. I'm really surprised the yeah, iconic duo
2: didn't turn up on SmackDown. To be honest with you, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. I think they'd have got a huge yeah. pop. It was a bit of a Ruby right got a pop. Don't get me wrong. And the NXT chance came on when they came in, so that was all good. But I think, I think it's quite kind of clear they're getting rid of. they kind of getting rid of the women mid card scene. Like they yeah. got, you know, they got Liv Morgan out because she's been there for ages and she's not going to do anything. Um, They're kind of just getting rid of the mid-card scene, all the people who they just want in the main roster straight away. And in NXT, they're going to bring in the May Young Classic people, like Dakota Kai, uh, Mm. Kyrie's going to be a lot more prominent, maybe even Candice LeRae, people of that ilk. Nixon Newell, Mm. when she's finally back from injury, stuff like that. So it's kind of a bit of a a fresh up, really. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that's probably the way they're going. I do question, though, what there is for um, the iconic duo to do on Mm -hmm. NXT anymore. I, I think they've sort of run their course with that and I think they were ready for the call-up 100%. in much the same way that Shinsuke was and then they kept him going for a little mm-hmm. bit longer
2: same happened I'd, with Finn, same happened with Joe, far. same happened with Ty Dillinger, they kind of, they like holding fire a little bit sometimes yeah. well, and Bailey as well Bailey, Christ she should have gone on yeah. six months before she did so yeah, yeah. yeah the, we can only, you know, we can only speculate can't we really but I am surprised the academic Joe didn't say no because they have got a massive part. people would have known who they were and it could have made them look you know, I'm really good, but hey ho, we and it would have been different to what Raw did, which is most importantly. But we can only wait and see. I'm maybe I'm putting too much faith in creative, but I'm kind of hoping <laughs> there's something there a bit more there than what meets the eye. But that's probably going to be bollocks.
0: Yeah, if you want to talk about what creative have got in store, then wait till we get on to the fucking main event.
2: Oh, we will, we will. <laughs> but before then, there's a bit of positivity because by far the best match of the night in my humble opinion, and an absolute fucking, probably, a, like, one oh, of the best match of the year, I think, I, honestly, I, I felt like a kind of a modern classic, really, maybe just going a bit far, but I fucking loved it, it's Brock Lesnar, who defeated AJ Styles, 15 minutes Brock went, it's longest match for a good year and a half, I believe, since he had a cage match with Roman, I think, At some maybe SummerSlam, something like that, I can't recall, but this was great. Like the first six minutes had me shitting in my pants because I was like, oh, they actually are just going to beat the shit out of Styles throughout and not let yeah. him get anything in. But eventually, he worked his way in. He went for Brock's legs. So he got him down. Calf Crusher, Brock sold him to death. Hit a forearm on the outside, threw him into the tables. I mean, the stairs. He did, they didn't did think he... We all knew he was never winning, but when he got the 450, which always looks stunning, I think mm. we all thought he might have got it and he didn't, and then eventually it ended how we all knew it would. Brock caught AJ from a phenomenal forearm into the F5, and it was it was brilliant. Like there was a bit, it was a bit kind of sloppier points. Like a couple of times the time was off, and it, Brock nearly like fucking sent him into the crowd. But that kind mm-hmm. of added to it. I thought it made it feel feel a bit frantic and a bit kind of bit genuine, a bit of big fight feel, Stu.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this match was unbelievable. I, I, like you, was worried the first six minutes were terrifying because I thought, oh, God, don't just crush AJ. This is going to be awful. Um, And I kind of expected that to happen. I expected them just to let Brock look like a super beast by destroying him. But when AJ started to come back, I popped in my living room. I really did. Um, I was jumping up and down at one point. I was like, come on, dear God. Um, but, yeah, no, it was amazing. Very, very good match. Um, AJ looked like a million dollars. It was a shame he had to lose. But, I mean, I think we can all agree it was always going to go that way. Mm-hmm. I did hurt Brock him. was always walking out of there the winner one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Brock selling um, was fantastic in this. That calf crusher looked unbelievable. It did. Um, but I, I do question why he didn't just grab his head a little bit quicker. Well, you've got to think... uh,
0: That was phenomenal. That was a phenomenal counter, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked so
2: brutal as well. It just absolutely did. did. I mean, AJ just sold him to death. I mean, the one of the suplex, and he kind of stumbled and fell. It was great. And what I actually liked about this as well, it wasn't a suplex City match. I think he only hit three. And then he actually brought a lot of different moves out, like the high knee in the corner, some other kind of slams and whatnot, um, some punches, a bit of ground and pounding there at points. And it was... it just shows, Chris, that i kind of a motivated Brock against someone he likes, someone he admires, someone he likes working with, when he hasn't got a UFC match on the near horizon. He's still brilliant to watch, and it doesn't matter Definitely. that he's not on the show every week.
0: Definitely, and again, didn't it didn't show the, the, the importance of, of shaking things up, because when did Brock last have a match against somebody that, wasn't, that was not that small, comparatively? Definitely. And it, it explains a lot of the timing issues because you know he's, he's not used to working with someone that's probably a hundred pounds lighter than him and and probably you know eight inches shorter it's just it's just absolutely brilliant it just shows both both men to their absolute fullest degree and although he may have lost, I don't think there's anything that A j can worry about coming out of that. He saw and smack down in a couple of days after that. He's just the, the number one guy. You know, you make an argument for him being number one guy in the, on on the planet. I think at this minute in time, mm-hmm. only at Kenny least, and Okada
2: are uh, above him. I'd say,
0: yeah, at, at least at least in terms of what I'm aware of. I don't really watch all the Japanese stuff, so for it's me, the best WWE, he's, been absolute mile. You no, know, without a million mile, you know, without a million, uh, it, no doubt whatsoever. I just think the whole match from start to finish was great. I loved the absolute brutality of the beatdown that you both mentioned, mm-hmm. and then the, the the believability of the comeback as well, which I was worried about because there's there's bound to be a comeback at some point because you can't have a brand's champion being made like a complete and utter punk. Um and it, but even the beatdown was believable exactly because of the reason you've already given Brock's decision to take AJ on, pushed, you know, no doubt by Heyman in the background knowing exactly what would be uh, what what it would be like. It led to him efficiently selling it and believably so as well. So the whole thing from top to bottom was just was outstanding easily easily in the top top 5 matches I've seen this year. Um and I would love to think that there'd be the possibility of them meeting again at some point in the future. Well, that. I AJ think certainly
2: alluded to that on the SmackDown yeah. afterwards, didn't he?
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and I, would, I would absolutely love that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, um, I can see the way they're pushing the F5 as being this ultimate finisher, just in time for Roman to kick out of it whenever <laughs> they they next, they next meet up. Um, but I, I initially envisaged there being some sort of you know, screwy finish, not to diminish either. You know, I thought
2: Jinder would um, come in and do something. Yeah, yeah,
0: some sort of disqualification so that both men can leave without a loss against the record. But that's got to be the most victorious defeat of AJ's career in that his, his star has only been magnified and he absolutely deserves everything everyone's said. 100%.
1: Yeah. 100%. Was, Imagine uh, how different this would have been if, if Jinder stuck with Jinder. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> absolute waste. To be of fair, time, to it?
2: Jinder, I'm going to say it again. I still think he looks great with the belt and stuff and his entrance and everything's mm-hmm. really good. I like how much he kind of respected the belt and kind of put it forward. Like he was definitely like so proud to be champion obviously and kinda of really sold how important the belt was. But so does AJ, so it's nothing. And he actually he has got better, to be fair to him. and his match with AJ when he lost the belt, you 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 weren't there for that, you were only for Raw, weren't you Chris?
0: That's right. And there's a story behind that. We have a, a lad at work who who works with me and Stewart and we, we, I was on him to go to SmackDown on him all day oh I don't fancy it don't fancy it and he, he kind of hinted that he might want to go so I was excited thinking I'd get to see a Jane Jinder and then he pulled out and cancelled so now nah, I, I don't fancy it so being notoriously anti-spoiler that he is I thought fuck you I'm definitely spoiling this <laughs> and then <laughs> rinsed him for 24 hours after that we could have seen this match we could have been there to watch it and no uh, I had to sit I had mm. to sit and watch it at home nutted.
1: but it he deserved every match. bit of that
2: spoiler. Mm. Correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. I great. can't believe he missed it, but it was a great match and not a great match, but it was a good match for Jinder. It's easily his best. He's improving. They're going to face off at Night of Clash of Champions, and I, mean, treated, I think Jinder could really be like a good. And it's annoying because they've got Baron there, but it could it could be like a dickhead heel in the mid card range and his little thing with the single rose is good. And it's it might have been kind of a bit dull for the. Um, You know, for his title reign, but a lot of that was because he had to do the same finish every match, and you know, Mm. he was formulaic, yeah, with a boring Brock. And yeah, you know, Shinsuke wasn't exactly motivated either, it didn't seem like so. I think it might have been boring to watch a lot of the time, but he's kind of made a guy out of a nobody. And at the end of the day, that's good, that's what we want. We want people to go from nothing to actually mean something. Mm -hmm. And it's a good story, so fair play. But we go to the main event (laughs) Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Before, like literally a week before this, it was, everything looked very different. But, and you know, the card changed. As I said, we got AJ in, we got Charlotte versus Bliss, and Natalya. A lot of things changed. And in this, the teams were changed too. From, well, from Jason Jordan, we got Triple H to team up with Samora Jofin, Ballard, Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle against Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinsuke Nakamura and John Cena. Now, I thought this match started well. I thought, Rude with Triple H was a lot of fun because they had literally just, it's like the Spider-Man scene, Spider-Man gif um, or meme, literally it's just little H and big H going I I thought that was fun, I thought Nakamura did a lot of good stuff, I liked Mm -hmm. Balor kind of teaming up to get rid of Cena but as soon as Nakamura went and Joe went and Balor went and Rude went and Cena went for that matter, it kind of fell off the rails and we all know why. It's because the people who didn't need protecting got protected, and who went over? But Triple Bloody H.
0: Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him. So his ego is now my favourite thing in yeah. professional wrestling. It's
2: so weird because you see him in NXT. You don't see him for a while, and you, you know you hear interviews about how he books NXT. He says, "Oh, I book it from how I'd want to watch it as a fan." And you know he does really good stuff. He goes to indie shows in fucking Wales. He um (laughs) he signs all these brilliant indie stars, and then he kind of does this, which kind of contradicts everything he does elsewhere. I mean, it baffles belief sometimes, too. Especially when it's his guys. It's
1: Nakamura. It's Rude. It's Balor. It's Joe. It's his fucking guys. Yeah, they made a big point of that on commentary as well, actually, that each person that was jumping into the ring with him with. Shinsuke and Bobby, they were yeah. making the point. He's the one who's brought them into yeah. WWE. And, yeah, I i think it's a shame to see. I really like Triple H, um, and I have for years, but he's at that point where now, at this point, I don't think he needs to do this. Yeah. I don't think there's any need for it in the slightest. They might as well... Like, It would have been interesting to see Jason Jordan in this match, I think. I'm not a huge fan of him, but it'd be quite good if they built another... Superstar and him to have got involved in, in some way. I,
2: I'm glad he wasn't in
1: the match itself because he's just getting. I liked him as a
2: wrestler; he was great in America Alpha, but mm. he's just been absolutely rinsed by everyone. He's getting booed to fuck and everything else. And it's a shame because I do think the kind of the story of him getting kind of pushed out of the match was pretty good. But he should have interfered here and batted Triple yeah. H or something or gone heel or something like that. But we got nothing, and instead we just got the McMahon family feud again. Triple H. For setting up about four different um, kind of programs for himself, with you know he had he, it just didn't make sense. I was felt like Braun just watching it, like why is he just? It was it was baffling, Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean to have many things that, that, that puzzled me in this match. I mean the sight of six foot four Randy Orton crawling his hands and knees to tag in Shane McMahon at one point because he couldn't take it anymore just made me laugh. Uh, Any time that Triple H was there, Triple H, you know, he's, he's not wearing his raw T-shirt. He's wearing a, a red yeah. Triple H T-shirt. Of course, it's he just everything. Seen everything. He's wearing lime everything. green because he's got a new <laughs>
2: fucking merch range. Out. It's like,
0: the uh, you know, the, the whole thing. It just along a while ago on these shows, Stu, we talked about the old-fashioned ways of just being of complete mayhem and chaos that makes no sense, and sometimes that's what you really enjoy. Like yeah. Justice League, I went to watch Justice League last week. In terms of sort of critical analysis, it's fucking bollocks. But I had a great time. I loved it. Cause it's just daft, and and I, I've a lot of the times I was smiling through this match because it was just so stupid. Um, you know the, the the promotion of all the NXT people, the easy way in that some of them got knocked out, the fact that Bobby Roo just looks like a complete and utter dick. It, it, there's all sorts of things that, when combined, don't make any sense. But when brought together in that in the larger picture, I just thought it was great. And the sight of Triple H in there at his age. Kurt could hardly move. Triple H was was so fucked. Yeah, Triple H was just stiff as stiff as anything. He could hardly move either, and you just you could you knew you knew from the very start what was going to happen. That yeah, he might have a moment or two where he looks slightly weak, but ultimately he's going to be the main man that that carries this on, And, and I'm quite happy with that because. It contributes to my belief that Triple H's ego is the most amazing thing in wrestling at this minute in time. <laughs> there's no, le- there's no length the man won't go to to make himself look good. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he finds himself up against Brock Lesnar next, or, or in the main event of WrestleMania yet again. But the man's an absolute machine. He wasn't of the man mostly.
2: standing at the end of the show? Was Braun Strowman and beat the shit out of him, and that was fun yeah. to see.
0: That was a the brilliant little turn. Brilliant. Oh, he's <laughs> cowering in that corner was, yeah. was what you would imagine. <laughs> A classic Triple H out and
2: try and pedigree him and just be like, what yeah. the fuck you playing that?"
0: song? definitely a bit <laughs> of reflected glory, and and then to get that uh, that corner action at the end was just was stunning. But again, I I am firm in the belief that Braun Strowman is the uh, is, is my my number one next big thing. The man's an absolute monster, as they always tell us. Um, and for one thing, I don't know if either you two did the same, but I played a little drinking game during this uh, <laughs> during Sammy this interview. Every time they they mention that stupid, pissing catchphrase, the only time a year when they meet face-to-face, oh, Smackdown and... <laughs> I was, I, I'm, by by about halfway through, I was starting to see colours and shapes differently. It's, it's um, not but... even true, though,
2: because of Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's,
0: <not>. it's bollocks. <laughs> it's complete bollocks. And that's why I love anything to do with creative, because they can just flip and just reinvent narratives for like their own ends.
2: currently, is Just yeah. changing history and...
0: Um, There is absolutely no consistency whatsoever. Whoever does their continuity thing it is, isn't it? Whoever does their continuity running, you know, deserves either a medal or getting sacked. I can't decide which. Oh
1: man, yeah. I mean it's all good getting wound up about that. However, that wasn't the worst part of commentary by the entire Five fucking people. Brilliant this time.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The
2: bucket tea is so fucking funny.
0: (laughs) It's horrendous. And I think it's gotta be the fact that even Graves and Cole are ganging up on him now, yeah. two on one, rather than just Graves against him. I, I can only imagine Booker is so stupid, he doesn't realise what, what they're doing. I
2: think so. Or he's just <laughs> fucked all the time. I just think he's smashed every time he's on it. Because he just... Yeah. Like, Shake. I love it how much he fucking hates Jason Jordan. And it feels genuine, <laughs> but he fucking hates him. He goes <laughs> in on him every time he comes out. Like, he came out on Monday at the beginning of the... you know, To interrupt Stephanie or whatever in Triple H. And he fucking... Buck was going like, Oh for God's sakes, why is he here? And I'm like, Christ, he hates him, he actually hates him. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, the commentary was a fucking shit show. Five people. Who thought that five was- person
1: commentary had my head spinning. It no. was horrendous. It was appalling.
0: Stupid, wasn't it? Like, Completely minutes. stupid. And it is a shame because you know that sort of mayhem needed a bit more focus and I don't think we got that, unfortunately. But ultimately I don't think it, I don't think it took that much away. As irritating as it was, I do agree on you on that. Yeah,
1: point. yeah. What did you think to the main event, Stu? Uh, I
0: thought it was good.
1: Good start, but well, actually, yeah, good start. End of it was horrendous. The ending of that match made no sense. Um and yeah, like you guys, I was I had Braun Strowman's facial expression on my face. Yes, yeah, I can tell you by the You've end. He's got the bit. best conf-
0: had the best confused face of anyone I've ever seen in my life. It's stunning.
1: Mm. It was like like my Labrador when I'm hiding a treat from it. <laughs> it was kind of like that <laughs> but I, I absolutely love Braun Strowman I, I'm concerned that they're going to look at the reaction that everyone's given him and turn him face I think and he I is really face now though I think he is he's just, I don't think his there's any then. doubt
0: about that yeah.
1: I think they just need to keep him as he is Yeah, yeah. I, I just hope they don't meddle with him Yeah, That's it's like Roman it's like
0: Roman's neither one nor the other isn't he he's exactly the same I think he, he exists in this little weird bubble in the middle where you're neither a face nor a heel you yeah. just you, and I think that's exactly what Braun is, and that's exactly what he should be. I, I can I can envisage them two doing something together because that will allow Brock to Braun to sorry to continue his upward curve by taking the belt off him in a few months and then yeah. free up Roman to uh, to go for higher things as well.
2: I really I want. Do you think he needs a belt though? No, I don't think he does.
0: Not necessarily, no. But I think it would, it would cap a. I don't want him to go back down on.
2: the card. I think he needs to stay where he is. I'm intrigued to see what he does time times. I'd say what I'd love to see, and. I really want him versus The Undertaker. I want Braun to be oh, retiring. Yeah. I think that would be class.
0: Yeah, that would be fantastic. Oh, okay. there's not I, many I, other people that have got the same sort of physicality. Exactly. As long as it's not fucking Kane, then I'll, I'll be happy.
2: To be fair, the stuff he's doing with Kane at the minute, I quite enjoy him. I've enjoyed Kane's yeah. I it's, think
0: It's, it's 2017 and Kane's getting a push still, lads.
2: But he's not. He's only getting put on so Braun can beat him. I just beat all the... He's just basically the big men killer. He's done Mark Henry in, done Big Show Yeah.
0: In. It's as mystifying as Finn Balor still being on the main events, uh, event page oh, when he's absolutely. Do Balor's bit. really good. I, I really was... like Balor. But he just jumps on people. He just and he's about he's ten stones. He's fucking a... brilliant. He's <laughs> bobbins, Come he not? on. Not when he... He's the.
2: When he did it to AJ and fucked it up and nearly crushed his fucking ribcage, cage. <laughs> it's <was> class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a fucking midget, and and the fact that he wore red pants with a red yeah, T-shirt, like horrible. he had a... I feel like he had a bikini on or something. It was it... very. very <laughs> yeah, it did look horrible
2: to be fair, but Balor. He's, I think, he's in line to face Brock next at Royal
1: Rumble.
0: Yeah, it depends what you, it depends what websites you read, but I've mm. certainly seen that mentioned. Yeah, Interesting. I saw the it.
1: poll on WWE. Yeah. Dot com had got to sixty five percent in favor of Balor last night.
2: See, I, just, I think I like, it. I love him. He just he's fit. he needs a heel turn, as so many do. doing. with Miz gone for a bit, there's only really Joe. And
1: just give him the club, exactly.
2: Give him the club exactly. and let him run riot. What I was going to say, because okay. imagine the club versus the Shield for fuck's sake.
0: Well, they're yeah. certainly not doing anything of any note, are they? Exactly,
2: exactly. They're being wasted. Mm-hmm.
0: But oh, well.
2: lads, is there anything else we want to talk about quickly before we have to wrap this show up?
0: Ah, I think we've been pretty comprehensive there, boys. That was excellent. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you, listener, for listening to us. Um, you can get us on Twitter at Line of Air Street. You can get Chris. No, you can't get Chris on Twitter. He's still not on, are you?
0: Still not on, mate? Fair play still to not you. On it's on so extended. shit, man. I'm just going so further much and further time. away.
2: Yeah, you I've got on so much time stream.
0: on my hand yep
1: yeah, um, I'm at StuJD29
2: and you can follow me at Mabrockski uh, yeah if there's nothing else to say lads it's time to say goodbye so say goodbye Stu see you
1: later
2: fucking yes that's why I went first that's why you went first <laughs> fuck you Chris fuck you <laughs> say goodbye goodbye Chris and it's goodbye from me set <laughs>